Welcome to the Strong Life Coach Podcast, where we speak life, coach life, write life, and lead life. Today, we're joined in the podcast studio by special guest, Michael Sandoval. Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Derek. It's it's great to be here. I'm super excited. Yes, I'm pumped. Um, I know uh, you're somebody I look up to tremendously. Uh, Outside of outside of everything we're talking about today, there was so much that I look to you as an example, role model. I know my wife and I tease and we call you the GOAT, you and your wife. Just the way that y'all serve, the way you lead, the way you sacrifice to be able to build other people up, to take care of other people. Um, we are privileged just to be your friends. We appreciate it. We love you guys so much and we appreciate your leadership and the way you serve and in so many ways as well. Yes, yes. Well, great. Well, for people tuning in, I want to make sure people understand you. And, and so I'm going to go over your bio for a little bit and for people and we'll get a chance to just kind of chop it up a little bit. So from your bio, we're at 18 years teaching world geography. We have two years as a district social studies specialist. Now, for people who don't know what that part is, people understand a teacher fundamentally. Right. How would you explain a district social studies specialist? What is that? Absolutely. Well, during two years of my teaching, I uh, was able to work for the district on a, on a much uh, broader scale, uh, being able to go to elementary schools uh, to train teachers. Uh, teachers would come to us and we would train them on how to, to deliver lessons, on ideas, uh, making things fun for the kids, uh, maybe how to write curriculum, yes. uh, also to his specialists, you know, writing tests and just really being a help for the district uh, in that mm. capacity. And so it was a great, it's a great time, very challenging, yes. uh, but, uh, but it was great to be able to see uh, what elementary teachers do, mm. what middle school teachers do. And of right. course, being a high school teacher, being able to help out in that capacity, as much as I was able to give, I probably got so much more back right. learning from the experts that are out there mm -hmm. in the field of education. And so it was a, it was, it was a huge blessing, a great time. So, right. And it always works like that, right? Yes. You, you sign up to help somebody else or to develop somebody else, but you find out that the more I try to refresh other people and build them up, I can't even help but being refreshed and my myself being built up. Right. And it's a it's a beautiful principle of life and I love seeing that. Um let's keep going through your bio so 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 I know um you do quite a bit. And um and uh so I see you graduated from Texas State University in, in the year 2000. We have and then here is something I did not know even when you were invited, this is I invited you before I knew what I'm about to say, was you were the Southwest High School Teacher of the Year for 2018-2019. For, for yes, sir. Also the Southwest Independent School District Teacher of the Year for 2018 and 2019. Um, those are big deals. This isn't like, okay, oh yeah, you know, everybody gets this. This is a big deal. How did it feel to receive those awards? You know, it, it felt very honored. Uh, I mean, definitely at the campus level, you get selected by your colleagues. Uh, they, they vote for you. And, um, you know, it's just, it's definitely an honor. Definitely feel yes. humbled by it. Definitely feel many times that it's, un, un, you know, undeservingly right. uh, ex accepting it. Uh, but it's definitely an honor to know that there's, there's teachers out there that look at the work that you do and, and they notice it uh -huh. without you trying to put yourself out there too much. Right, right. And so it's definitely an honor. Now, did you ever have a moment where you went, hey, why me? And I, I mean, even to them, right? Because whenever somebody asked me to, right. to be in a special role or to do something special, I'm like, are you, I, I find myself asking, are you asking the right person? Are you asking the right guy? Right. Did you ever find yourself in that space? Absolutely. I mean, because there's so, I mean, every teacher out there is the teacher of the year. And yes. so whenever you get selected for it, you really do feel like, like, why me? Why am I getting this honor? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you definitely go into teaching because you want to make an impact. Right. Uh, you want to help inspire the students. Uh, no one ever really goes in thinking, hey, I want to be the teacher of the year. <laughs> right, so I'm going right, to do right, X, right. Y, and Z to make sure that that happens. Uh, we just do the best that we can. Mm -hmm. And uh, we take the advice from our colleagues, from our administration, mm -hmm. uh, you know, our department heads to really uh, give the best possible uh, experience yes. that we can mm -hmm. um so yes and it's it truly is no small feat whether it's this or even being that specialist i think about your influence and people don't vote for somebody unless they're on they're in the top of the game right right so um we don't I, I would never look at something voted by people that are professionals that are influencers um it's not something that's taken lightly to vote somebody as a teacher of the year, but I think it speaks to your influence and your leadership impact at the school. So uh, 
again, well done. Congratulations. Um, again, it's one more reason I have to admire you for what you do, even behind the scenes. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Yes. But yes, you're, you're right that so many teachers are, are sacrificing perpetually to serve and to build up the next generation. Right. All right. So we covered that. We covered. Um, so so being the high school, the, 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 the district teacher of the year for, uh, for the high school level, um, puts you into a finalist, right, for Trinity, a Trinity Prize. Is that right? Tell me a little bit more about that. Well, basically, once you uh, get selected to be a, a district teacher of the year, uh, then your district selects you to fill out a Trinity Prize application so that you can be one of the the 19 finalists in Bear County uh, to to get the, the big award. And so I was wow. selected as one of the 19 finalists in Bear County in the city mm-hmm. of San Antonio to go and represent. Uh, we Trinity University did a great job uh, bringing wow. the 19 finalists. We had a, a guest speaker who was the national teacher of the year was there to speak to us. Wow. And, um, you know, they gave us uh, an, an award and mm. our family got to go. The superintendent was there. And uh, it was just um, it was just a, a great, great, great time, a great moment. Big time. And that is no small feat. That is major. OK, so it's one thing to be 19 finalists in my school. Now, that's, you know, that's praiseworthy in itself. It's one thing to be a top 19 finalists in the district. It's one thing to be top 19 finalists in the city of San Antonio, but top 19 finalists for teachers in Bear County? Yes. That is incredible. Well done. Um, outside of w- what you've accomplished, even what you've done professionally, um, I know you're married. I'm married, um, yes. Lovely wife. Uh, it's beautiful. <laughs> Three kids. Three amazing children. I, I, I know you have this BMW thing that you 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 use. Yes, you know BMW. I always tell people, you know, at, whether it's school or coming to church, that I got to come to church or come to school in my, you know, with my BMW, and it just means beautiful married wife. Or sometimes she's Hispanic, so I'll say beautiful Mexican wife. <laughs> and um, and so we get a lot of fun. So I've always wanted a BMW, uh, yes. Mini Cooper, and so. But my wife is is, you know, a million times more. Come on, than any car that's right. There, so. Spot on, spot on. <laughs> wise man, wise man. Now, outside of your of your role in your profession, I know you have quite the influence in the community. I know you're involved in your local church. In fact, you were selected um, to be on the board of your local church. Um, that's ten years. Yes. So ten years providing leadership, support, advice, and counsel. I know you're a, a coordinator for the teacher of the children, also at your local church. And um, you, um, w- what goes into um, being the coordinator for the children? Tell me more about that. Yeah, what my wife and I uh, definitely we serve as uh, the children's ministry coordinators. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we uh, provide training for the teachers. We uh, try to encourage. The t- uh, you know, we try to at our trainings try to really build the teachers up to be excited about serving uh, the children. Uh, there's a lot of safety that goes involved, sure. uh, you know, in terms of um, just protecting the children, mm-hmm. uh, even training them how to do fire drills, training them how, what to do in case of an active shooter. Mm-hmm. Uh, those things are still developing right now. Right. Um, just really giving the teachers the tools that they need. Mm-hmm. So when they go into class, they feel inspired. Yes. Uh, and on a Sunday morning, you know, when, when you know, you want to relax, you want to stay home and they're there early, getting their classes ready, right. you know, uh, teaching the children, really serving them. Mm-hmm. Uh, our part is just to make sure that they have what they need um, and to inspire them as well. Yes. And you, you do a phenomenal job. I know bringing the energy, you get people dancing, moving yes, around, fun, you yes. get some like little volleyball game with right. the, uh, the beach ball. So um, you do an incredible job with um, those efforts. Now, um, you also uh, su- supported uh, for five to six years, um, coordinating efforts to help um, those in need. And what, what was that? Absolutely. So there was about five, a five to six year period where two of the other uh, members of, of our congregation uh, were were basically in charge of benevolence. If people within the congregation, uh, maybe they were going through a hardship financially, mm-hmm. uh, maybe loss of a job, loss of a loved one, then they really needed financial assistance. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they would come to us and we would get together and really try to get the financial assistance that they needed to yes. pay a bill, uh, to, to, to make ends meet. Um, and, and really just as a last resort, we would try to get them help. And when there was no other options and we would come in and we, the, you know, the church would definitely help, uh, support mm-hmm. that family, that individual, right. uh, just, just so they could, um, feel like that there was some sort of hope. Yes. Wow. So 
If you're listening in and, you, and you're wondering why does Derek call Michael the GOAT, <laughs> you're beginning to find out why. Because it's not just influential with his coworkers, but then influencing the next generation of the youth as a teacher. Right. But then helping out the children and the teachers of the children in the local congregation, but then helping out the needy in those in your local congregation. Um, it's just it's just amazing um, what you do. On top of that, um, tw- two decades of small group leadership. Right. Uh, t- tell me, I mean, I, we might have to do a whole podcast <laughs> on small group leadership um, as a volunteer in, in a volunteer capacity. Right. Um, if, so for people who don't know, like, what does that involve? You know, a lot of it, it's just, uh, you know, the local church that we go to here in San Antonio, it just involves a lot of prayer, a lot of planning, um, you know, you know, we um, just even currently, my wife and I have a small group, uh, you know, Bible discussion mm-hmm. and uh, just the planning that goes involved. What are the needs of the people? Right. Uh, what it, What is it that we can give hope to people who are coming to the discussion? Yes. Uh, planning with my wife. Um, it just it, it takes, um, you know, definitely it is definitely a sacrifice, but it's a good sacrifice because it's really what we want to do. And we love being teachers. Yes. We love being parents, uh, but we also love serving uh, just people who. Uh, need encouragement and we try to figure out a way how we can do that uh, in our small group discussion mm-hmm. as well so so I mean, we haven't got we haven't even finished your bio yet but as we go through it i think people might be listening and asking how is this even possible now this this is and i've been to your house um <laughs> and then i walk in and this place is spotless and you even gave us a tour you know even of the of um every room and every room is spotless there's nothing on your nightstand right <laughs> like like so probably people are asking okay how is it even possible to oh. be influential among your coworkers, to be influential with the next generation to do what you're doing with the local congregation to have people in your home how, like what do you say about how is that even possible to do what you do? I have an amazing wife and we just come together and say, okay, how can we make this home a place where, you know, we feel relaxed, but our kids feel relaxed. People yes. will come over. A lot of it's just training. Um, you know, we, we really try to teach our kids uh, just that, hey, when we use something in the house, let's put it back. Let's keep the area clean. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that, you know, it, it's a lot of training. Sometimes I don't want to do it. Sure. Um, you know, I'm more of like, I can go and wash clothes and, and, and dust. And, and help the kids with the room. My wife does a great job cooking and washing dishes. So we really try to tag team and mm-hmm. making sure that we keep our house, um, you know, as best as we can. We love going out to hotels, right? Yes. You walk in a hotel room and everything is clean and you're like, why can I relax at this mm-hmm. hotel? Right, right. It's because it's not cluttered. Yes. Uh, it's it, There's a piece about it. And we're like, well, how can we translate that into our home uh, just so that, you know, we can relax, our kids can relax, and then they can just feel like um, that they have a place that they can yes. call home that that for lack of better words is that that is i don't know organized orderly right. uh, just a place where they can uh, where they can play and 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 have fun and have a great it, no it's spot on it's spot on when you walk in you, you feel peace yeah. you feel comfortable you feel relaxed and um if that's the goal which you're saying it is um absolutely hit it spot on um incredible um i know again as we're even talking, I'm going, hey, we need another podcast about home management, <laughs> uh, ch- uh, uh, helping the children to take responsibility, uh, team, you know, a, a team effort. Um, again, we t- talked about small group. Again, there's so many things we could talk about. So I know we haven't even got to the end yet. <laughs> and I usually say this part for the end, but I, but I do want you to know um, you have so much insight and your influence is um something I, I i admire so just so you know you you are already before we even get to get to the main body of the podcast you're welcome back whenever you want to come back so, yes, so i appreciate that your bio clearly has you as a very busy man so i thank you for being here but but whenever you have time again know that you're welcome to come back we, we, could, we could discuss some great content that okay. those listening i think will find um some powerful value in helping their lives to be elevated. That sounds great. Thank you so much. All right. So last two um, areas of, of the, the biography. So um, we have 
You're a team leader of geography teachers. What is that? Uh, basically, you know, we have a great department head and um, he his his task is to make sure that all the other subjects are taken care of. And so, and, and our geography, I'm um, the team leader. So we get together, we have meetings, mm -hmm. uh, we plan, what are we, how are we gonna teach the curriculum yes. uh, that the state requires? Mm -hmm. um, what are we gonna do? You know, how, how can we be on the same page? Um, it's just so that we're teaching the same thing, the same concepts. We may have different styles, sure. but it's really uh, about trying Trying to inspire the other teachers and giving them ideas. So everything that that either I've created or I've 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 acquired from other teachers or other areas, I've collected it. So whenever a new teacher comes in, uh, I basically just give them everything I have on the nice. Google Drive, uh, paper copy, and say, "Hey, you can use all this." Uh, and then we just figure out how we can make it better mm -hmm. uh, for for the teaching for the students. And how would those meetings even take place? I, I mean, the, again, my limited right. perspective is. Okay, you're. How many classes do you teach a day? Uh, currently, right now, it's four. Four classes a day. So then, how did those meetings even come to pass? Yeah, typically, um, we don't necessarily have a planning period for our subject, but we do meet in the morning time, and so possibly once a week, we'll meet for thirty minutes, mm -hmm. and uh, we'll get our IDs together. And if we need time after class or at the end of the day, we can we can meet there as well too. Okay. Got yes. it. Got it. Just so everybody knows out there, I mean, again, the sacrifices that teachers are making behind the scenes to give great content um, in the academic space uh, to the to the children uh, is big time. It is big time. So last but not least, um, so you're a coach for the academic world. Right. That happened just this past year. I had a, a colleague um, that asked if I wanted to, to be a coach. Mm -hmm. And uh, every year at Rackspace, they do an academic world quest. Mm -hmm. And so the academic world quest committee, they, they put together a packet for students to study. And they get anywhere from about four to six months to study before the competition. And it's almost like a trivia. They have right, to know right. world events. They have to know what's going around in the world historically, mm -hmm. uh, currently. Um, and they basically uh, ask the, the group questions. The group can come together. They answer it and they just get points. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's a first place uh, winner all the way to whoever's last. Mm -hmm. uh, but it really challenges the students to take ownership of their learning. They right. make the presentations. I'm there to facilitate and to sort of guide them. Mm -hmm. So when the competition comes, they feel ready. Uh, they feel confident. We yes. usually have practice once a week. So they come together and out of four students, uh, maybe two of them present. Uh, what they studied and they sure. they basically become the teachers. Wow. And then the next week, the other two students will come in and they teach uh, exactly. during our trainings, during our sessions uh, that once a week. And uh, it's a lot of fun. Very proud of the team. Last year, they did a great job. Well, now, again, I, I keep going back to the same question. How, how do you find time for that? So where does that or when does that happen? Uh, basically, if that meeting happens, uh, Liz Pastor was every Tuesday morning at eight o'clock, we would meet. So you're, um, you're getting there earlier. Yeah, we're getting a little bit earlier to, and they're getting there earlier too. The students are, wow. uh, and they're very, you know, it's, it's something that they're volunteering to do because they love mm -hmm. the subject. They love what's happening around the world today. Sure. They want to learn about it and, uh, they just like to challenge themselves. And so okay. they're, they're motivated to be there. Yes. They're, they've got to be motivated to, to study and put in the time of the mm. work. And so, uh, um, you know, I, I give the credit to the students who are who are actually there doing the work. Yes. And so, absolutely. Wow. Um, another thing, and an, an, another uh, another area um, that you're giving back and investing, and you're um, there. There is something that is there's a leadership principle there about investing in people who want it, and they're showing initiative. And then you're matching that initiative with your investment, your coaching, and your insight so that they're prepared for that next level. And those things are big because when you think about even like their, like their scholarship applications mm -hmm, or their college yes. applications, you're helping them to have a more expansive um, portfolio, really. Right. Um, which, again, I, I appreciate the way you're serving the community in that way. All right. Let's transition. Okay. So it's fun talking about you, and I got I, I got a lot um, learning about what you're doing behind the scenes. But I know we have we have a few questions we want to go over. So the first thing I want to ask you is, when did you first know that you wanted to be a teacher? Uh, it was my first year in college. I went I started off at San Antonio College, mm -hmm. and a friend of mine, uh, Jacob, uh, we went up to Texas State. Back mm -hmm. then, it was Southwest Texas State in yeah. San Marcos, and we went to just a general meeting. Mm -hmm. And um, the one of the directors was up there talking about what the school has to offer, and he said that they had the best undergraduate geography 
program in the nation. Mm -hmm. And I remember loving geography when I was in high school and uh, that, uh, you know, Southwest Texas State, Texas State now uh, is also known as a great teaching school. And mm -hmm. so I just put, you know, one and one together, two and two together and realized that, hey, I think I want to, I think I want to teach. I want to make a career out of this. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing because I graduated in 2000 and I've been able to use my degree for the last 18 years. I got yes. my degree in geography, in education, yes. and, and I've still been able to use that. And it's just been, it's been awesome. Wow. So, um, and, uh, and who would you say influenced you the most? Like, was there somebody that stands out as far as influenced you, that influenced you to even want to become a teacher? Absolutely. Uh, just going to school. I went to school down South, you know, South San Antonio McCollum High School. Represent. And there you go. Hey, go my mom graduated. There you go. Yes. Highlands High School McCollum. Go you know. Cowboys. Yes. yes. So it's great. Uh, you know, my sophomore year, I had a geometry teacher, a math teacher named Mr. Munoz. And uh, he was a very strict teacher. Uh, probably one of the strictest teachers I've ever had in my entire life. Mm -hmm. And uh, very strict rules, but he really wanted us to learn. And I remember him just challenging one, one day about about my my own student efforts of what I was giving right. in the class, and I went home and and I thought a lot about what he said, and mm. uh, I just remember reading the geometry book and studying and trying to figure out um, just everything he was teaching us. I definitely made some mistakes in the class, uh, but he you know he really challenged me to be a better student, mm. and uh, so I always remember him. Yes. Uh, it's a great great math teacher. Uh, my senior year, uh, Mr. Slack was a government teacher, mm -hmm. uh, very uh, influential. A lot of students really respected him mm -hmm. because he also had expectations as a teacher. And I think um, I think students, what I've learned is that, you know, even as a student, that students respect teachers with high expectations. Mm -hmm. uh, they can still be cool. They can still be funny. Uh, but there's got to be an expectation of we're here to learn. And he yes. was always about that. And then, of course, my theater teacher, Mr. Brown, mm. um, he also another teacher that really challenged me, uh, got selected to be in the UIL one act play mm -hmm. my senior year. Mm -hmm. And um, he basically told me after school, he said, you know, Michael, if you don't learn your lines, he says, I'm cutting you from the play. I'm going to replace you. So I went home and I studied, I studied and we performed and we, we made it to uh, two rounds. Mm -hmm. And uh, but I did get selected uh, as best actor. Nice. Uh, at a couple of schools and so uh, I really um, you know give him the credit because mm. I, I really feel that if he hadn't challenged me during those yes. times and some of those monumental things wouldn't have happened mm -hmm. I remember my my junior year I tried out for Jum Ranger and I didn't get selected and mm -hmm. uh, it really broke my heart mm -hmm. but sometimes I think that um, maybe in moments of your life where you feel like I really wanted this but it didn't happen mm -hmm. uh, but then right around the corner there's another opportunity yes. that 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 su uh, success can happen that can make you confident for, for things and I really think that being in theater made me me confident to be a, a teacher to speak in front of people and mm -hmm. to really encourage my students and even my own children mm -hmm. uh, to do the same. So th those those teachers, Mr. Munoz, right. Mr. Slack, and Mr. Brown had huge influences yes. as a teacher and wanting me to become yes. an educator as well. Yes. When I think about legacy and I think about the kind of people that we want to be, right? So people tuning in, they might be from a leadership background or they may be trying to grow in their leadership or growing in their relationships or their effectiveness. And they think about what kind of impact do I want to make? Mm -hmm. And I think your teachers, you could recall their names. This is 20 years later. You're recalling their names. You're recalling their influence. Right. You're recalling their, what specifically they did that was trying to get you to that next level. And which... Um, and, and I think, right, there's a certain part of leadership that's compassionate for sure, and that's understanding and sensitive. But there's another part of leadership that's, I want to take you to the next level. I want to challenge you. I expect more from you. Right. And as we think about that, even as a principal, um, it's, it's, it's encouraging to know that who I can challenge this today mm. or this year could potentially 20 years from exactly. now, like you will look back and go, you, you go look back at us and go, you didn't let me settle for mediocrity. Right. You didn't let me be average or mundane. You called me to the next level and I can look back and see how you've influenced me all these years. Right, absolutely. Um, great. Um, now, what would you say has been the most rewarding part of being a teacher? Um, you know, there's so many things. I think the one thing that, 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 that sticks out is that students, you know, I teach freshmen, so they're at the ninth grade level. I think it's students who want to come back later and still be a part of your life, right? It's not mm -hmm. just, you know, okay, you know, thank you for the class. 
you know, we'll never see you again. But mm -hmm. it's students who come back as a sophomore, uh, as a junior, as a senior, mm -hmm. and come back and want to come back into your class. Uh, they still invite you to different things that, um, you know, maybe it's, uh, you know, they're having a, a volleyball or a basketball and, you know, a teacher, a student has to invite a, a teacher. And so things like that where students are inviting me to yes. different events uh, that, that they still want me to be a part of their mm -hmm. of their life and so it's awesome and you know i know that um uh every year uh since 2004 at the end of the year i give my students a letter and it's called closing thoughts okay and it's just you know different advice about uh you know what we've learned throughout that year not to mm -hmm. forget yes. um uh, the things that we've done but it's also other uh, advice about, you know, well, what's, what's life going to be like, you yes. know, in college and, you know, not getting into credit card debt or, mm -hmm. or, or building good credit in college so that you don't get into debt. Right. Uh, advice about, you know, when, if you decide to get married one day, you know, forgiveness is a key, mm -hmm. uh, just different things that I've learned that I want to pass on to them. And I've had students come back and, you know, say, sir, I still have that letter. And they open up their wallet and the letters Whoa. in there, or I have that letter on the mirror at the very end of the letter is sort of an invitation, uh, for my wife and I put, Hey, um, you know, we're going to be in front of the Alamo on December 9th, mm. 2020. It's going to be our 20th year anniversary. Uh, you know, come bring a small gift and celebrate with us. And so my wife and I are planning a little ceremony just, just for us, but we want to have our family there. We want to have former students that are mm. there. Um, and recently, probably about a year ago, uh, one of my former students was there from like five years before. And she's like, Mr. Sandoval. And I was like, hey, how are you doing? She's like, you know, are you still going to be there on December 9th, 2020? And I looked at her and I said, you know, do you still remember that? <laughs> and she's like, she's like, she's like, sir, she goes, a lot of people remember that uh -oh. and it's so it, it made yes. me feel like things that we're giving to the students that it is making an impact right and we want it to because we don't want it just to be an 18-week course or a 36-week course mm -hmm. that will have an impact we really want to make a, a lifelong impact yes and and really build a positive relationship so uh you know that they see our lives and and they have hope that whenever they go into their careers, whenever they have family, that there's hope for their career, for their family, and really just their future. And that's wow. really what it's about. So, so wait, so make sure I understood that part of the story. The closing thoughts in for the last 15 years yes. has included an invitation for December 9th? December 9th, 2020. 2020. So yeah. it's always been tw 2020. So they're, they've been exactly. looking forward to potentially. Right. Um, <laughs> for, it's going to be 16 years for those that were in in 2004. Right. And on, whoa. So, yeah. So it's, it's it, you know, who knows how many people are going right. to be there. Uh, You're going to have a small army there. Yeah, maybe a small army, maybe really <laughs> tiny. Uh, anybody who's, you know, listening, or y'all, you're invited to come celebrate with us. Hey, um, uh, <laughs> a note to, to wifey, um, put that in our calendar. We'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> um uh good um something that stood out to me about what you shared is this concept of transcendent leadership and i think about transcendent leadership is you know even like in a, in a teacher's role um in some ways the, the students have to kind of be influenced by you yes right right um but what you captured is students being willing to be influenced by you even when they don't have to Right. So that's that when they come back for that sophomore, that junior, that senior year where that's when influence is one of the most powerful because they, they no longer need your influence or want or could potentially not even want your influence. Right, right. But for them to come back speaks about the impact you had on them. They still want to be influenced by you even when they don't have to be influenced by you. Right. Which is why like in leadership, they talk about volunteer leadership when you're working with a team of volunteers versus people who report to you or are paid, right. connected, paid to report to you. They talk about the volunteer leadership role is one of the most dynamic and difficult because you have to learn to motivate people, not because their paycheck is dependent on, on you, but because they actually want to. They right. want to follow. They want your influence. Exactly. But it seems like you effectively captured that and you're seeing the fruit mm -hmm. of your influence that it's, it's transcendent leadership. Right. Awesome. <laughs> Lovely. Now, next question I have for you is, what is the unique challenge that you have overcome as a teacher? 
Um, you know, there's so many challenges as a teacher. Um, I think one that comes to mind, and it's it's nothing that I, I feel like I'm still trying to overcome it. So it's definitely been a process. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as a teacher, one of the challenges that I feel like I'm overcoming or I'm just beginning to understand is being able to apologize when I mess up as a teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I tell students, hey, we're human too. You know, we don't have green blood or, right. you know, where <laughs> we, we, we go home when we eat dinner, we drive, you know, we drive home. Um, you know, there's days where I'm tired or, you know, you're working with 30 teenagers and, and sometimes mm-hmm. the frustration can get there and sure. maybe I'll say something that, that wasn't appropriate or, um, you know, uh, maybe, I, you know, sarcasm is, is in my opinion, one of the killers of, of, of the teaching profession. Uh, wow. and, and sometimes it can sneak in. And so moments like that I've learned. And one of the challenges being able to, to step back and, 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 and tell the student that, Hey, I apologize for saying that, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm sorry. And, and just making sure that that connection is there because it is a relationship that you don't necessarily want for 18 weeks or a year. You really want that relationship for long term right. because we are going to see our students, you know, mm-hmm. uh, at, at the stores, at the malls, or maybe they'll even come back and work, mm-hmm. you know, and, and teach with us uh, yes. uh, and be a part of our life somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that, that that's just been a, a huge challenge is, is being able to see that. I know that um, one of the, the, you know, this past school year, uh, probably one of the best school years I've had, one of the most challenging come as well. On, right. um, but, you know, I'm pretty strict uh, when it comes to cell phones and, and we'll, we'll, you know, maybe we'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, there was one student that, um, I think she felt I was just maybe on her too much about her phone or, or, or maybe just a, not about maybe working the way we needed to in class. And, sure. and so we had a conversation outside and, and, uh, she basically told me, Ms. Sandoval, she goes, I just don't like you. Uh-oh. And it really, it really, it really hurt because in 18 years, you know, I've had students, you know, maybe not like the class. They're like, sure. oh, sir, we don't necessarily like geography. We like you as a person. Right, right, right. Uh, but, uh, but the first time I had a student that really tell me, you know, sir, I just don't Ooh. really. I don't like you. Yeah. And um, it really did bring me from like here to here. Right. And uh, so that day I thought about it. I, I went to her biology class. I asked her teacher, hey, can I speak to so-and-so outside? And I just apologized to the student. I said, mm. you know, if there's anything that I've done um, to make you not like me as a teacher, as a person, I want to apologize to you. Let me know so I could change it. Wow. And uh, so it was really hard because I, I maybe 10 years before that, I, I wouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that, that I really... Um, I really wanted to know from this student yes. and figure out what was bothering this particular student. And um, and it was crazy because that same school year, mm-hmm. I get a whole new group of students. And um, so the student's not in my class. Mm-hmm. So maybe toward the end of the year, I'm eating breakfast and the same student walks in Uh-oh. and I'm like, I'm bracing myself and I'm like, okay, <laughs> what is she, what is this student going to tell me now? And uh-huh. what do I need to be ready to hear? Mm-hmm. And she's just, you know, says, Miss Shanova, I need to speak with you. Um, you know, something has happened. And she basically said, she goes, you know, I didn't know who else to go and, and, and tell this to She goes, I could trust you. I knew that you would listen and I know your, your background. And she basically had a, a, an experience where um, she got into an accident and uh, could have either got injured or taken her life away. And she wanted me to tell me about it. Um, and it was just, you know, and I thought at that moment, what if I had not five months earlier Whoa. had gone to that class and apologized right, to her. Right. Would she have ever come to me mm-hmm. and said that to me so I could go and get her help, which we did. We went to go sure. let the counseling administrator know that way if there's any help or support mm-hmm. that her or family needed that we could get that support. Uh, but it just really made me think that sort of the power of, uh, of, of just asking uh, you know, for forgiveness or just, Hey, what do I need to change? Or I apologize for something. Um, you know, I, I don't know if she would have ever come back and, uh, just really made me think about, um, just, just the power of, uh, I guess, um, for like, you know, just trying to, uh, to make, to make amends between mm-hmm. just people, right. not just student and teacher, but just people yes. in general. So. Yes. Oh, uh, so if you're, if you're, if you're, Listening in, the, the principle there that I'm getting from this is no matter what role I have in the relationship, because you clearly were in the role of authority. Yes. Like you have the authority, she does not. And she gave a comment. You could be dismissive. Like, what do you know? You know, you have age, you have experience, you have education on her as far as why you c- could potentially be dismissive toward her opinion. Right. Instead of going, I'm just going to dismiss what you have to say. No. I want to learn what from what you have to say. And if you have um, 
this perspective of me, I want to be aware of it and I want to potentially use it as an opportunity to grow in my own character. And I think that's, again, that's a lesson for all of us because we never really, we never get to a point where we're above correction Mm -hmm. or we're above improvement. You know, one of my favorite uh, quotes that, um, that uh, better never stops, right? So I can keep on getting better, um, but I need to have the humility that you displayed to go to anybody in my life, no matter what role, what education right. they do or do not have, and be being open and willing to hear what they have to say so I can use what they have to say um, to grow and improve myself. Absolutely. And uh, the question I have for you next, uh, Mike, is um, how do you as a teacher connect on a daily basis with your students. Absolutely. You know, that is something that that we've had the privilege of, of getting training from our district. Uh, there's an organization, it's with the uh, Flip Flipping Group, and it's called Capturing Kids Hearts. Mm-hmm. And it's a training that our district provided for us. And it's really about making connections with the kids. The idea, their idea is that if you can capture a kid's heart, then you can capture their mind. Yes. And so a lot of it is just, you know, coming in, shaking their hands every day, um, starting off the class, maybe not with a, like a, like a quote or, uh, but it's really just asking them, Hey, what good thing is going on in your life and picking two students to share and an I share. So it's just starting off the class with a, with a great environment, with a great vibe. And so, um, just little things like that. I know that, um, last year, uh, previous to this year, um, I had a lot of students, had about 200 students that were coming into my class almost every day. Mm -hmm. And I just felt that even being a teacher for 17 years that I was missing some something because, you know, students will come in, they may put their head down uh, sometimes for the whole period. And even the effort of trying to wake them up was hard. And uh, some people would come in angry. Some people would come in sad. Some people would come in crying. Mm -hmm. And I just always trying to figure out what do you do when you have a a class of 30 students? You have some that are, that are putting their head down. You have some that are in tears. Mm -hmm. You have some that look mad, Uh some that look hungry. You know, what, what is it that you do? And, and so this past year, uh, this past school, year um one of the things that uh that i wanted i I just implemented just a simple question Mm -hmm. so when the students are are coming down the hall and they know they've got to shake my hand because that's part of how we greet each other every day uh as i ask them a question simply is how is the weather okay and so uh we practice it and i give them you can you can answer it three ways i tell them look if you're having a great day everything is awesome in your life, then I just simply want you to say sunny. So Derek, if you're coming down the hall, I'm going to shake your hand and say, hey, how's the weather today? And you're going to say sunny. Great job. And so you come on in. Welcome. Hey, come on in. Get ready. Get your binder. Uh Uh, But then, you know, the other the other aspect of that is if they're not having a good day, maybe they do have a headache. Maybe that's why they're putting their head down. Wow. Okay. Uh, Maybe, you know, something's going on at home and, you know, they're just they got to school late. They haven't eaten. uh, And maybe their response is going to be partly cloudy. Mm -hmm. And so then I can ask them, well, well, what is, what's wrong? And like, well, I have a headache. Uh, okay. Do you need to put your head down? Uh, do you need to eat something? Uh, is there something that we need to do to help you? Uh, mm-hmm. And sometimes they do, and sometimes they don't, but at least I know that this particular student is not having a sunny day, mm-hmm. but they may need some help or maybe they just need me to teach and get their mind off of whatever's going on. Sure. And then if they're having a really bad day, then I say, how's the weather? Then they say it's stormy. That tells me that, hey, that, um, that something a little bit more serious is going mm-hmm. on. Uh, then I ask them, do you need to see a counselor? Do you need to see a social worker? Do you mm-hmm. need to go talk to an administrator? Is somebody bullying you? Is something going on at home that you feel comfortable speaking to someone else about? Mm-hmm. And, and through that, I've been able to gauge where students are at. So when the class starts, I know if some student is putting their head down or they're mm-hmm. crying, I kind of have an idea before we get started and not making assumptions that they're just putting their head down because they're being defiant or, um, you know, they're playing video games too late at night and, mm. and therefore it's their fault that they're sleeping. Right. So I can make wrong assumptions about it. And so this past year I was able to, by asking that question, how's the weather, just being able to ask, you know, well, how can I get to know what the student's going through a little bit deeper mm-hmm. than, um, than, than maybe making a wrong assumption, getting, yes. you know, getting them in trouble. Yes. And so, and I, 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 it's only my first year doing it. Uh, so I feel like I, I have a lot more growth to go in that area mm-hmm. um, just because so many students are coming in and to remember everybody. So it's a work in progress, yes. uh, but it's definitely helped me connect to them uh, a whole lot better than, than what I've done in the past. Wow. So, uh, so 
First of all, I, I have stolen this idea. This idea is now something I'm going to be using. Okay. Um, I, and I like it because it connects um, from an empathy perspective, mm -hmm. a compassionate perspective, and it 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 draws them. So, so I'll give you an example. Um, my my wife will see somebody in like with two seconds, she'll know how they're doing. Like she'll just like see it on them. Like she'll see right. their lack of smile or she'll see their eyes or she'll, if somebody has been crying, like she just, like there's like, and I don't know if it's her being a nurse or right. if it's a, her nurse and her intuition. And, but she has this incredible gift to, to see how people are doing and know like two seconds. Me, um, you could have had the worst day of your whole life. <laughs> and if I'm having a good day, I will automatically project my good day on you. Like you must be having a great day too because I'm having a good day. But, right. but to take the time and to go, no, 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 let me not project my good day um, onto somebody else, but to genuinely let them choose if they want to let me in. Exactly. And if they want to let me in, then it gives me the opportunity to serve them or build them up and to get the needs met right, that right. they have. Um, but it's a great thing for people who like me who aren't as perceptive and intuitive mm -hmm. um, like, like a few others um, to know, even from a leadership perspective, you think about um, a great shepherd knows the condition right. of the flock, right? Yeah. So and, and, and as leaders who, who are tuning in, thinking about how can we do a better job of um, knowing how the flock is doing, how the people are doing that we're leading. And uh, I think it's a great way, just to, that basic question at the beginning, you know, um, sunny day. Partly cloudy, stormy. Exactly. I like it. I'm using that. <laughs> All right. Now, the next question I have for you is, how have you adjusted with the changing times in technology, um, new generations, um, in, the, in the teacher role? Absolutely. It's, it's a huge and ever-changing aspect of education because um, students learn technology faster than some teachers can. And so trying to make sure that we incorporate as much media as we can in our lessons, whether it's through videos, uh, our district does a great job with allowing us to, to stream YouTube uh, and just pull, having the internet access yes. at our school, just to be able to bring in videos, to bring in, you know, uh, whether it's a TED talk or whether it's a, a National Geographic video, uh, something to engage them in what's happening. We use some of the news stations like CNN Student News, mm. uh, um, you know, uh, the, the previous channel one, uh, just th different things to help them engage. So incorporating media, incorporating music into our lessons. Mm -hmm. uh, again, our district does a great job with, um, you know, providing uh, laptops and computers where we can go and take them to, to do a lesson on the computer. Mm -hmm. uh, other teachers just do a phenomenal job. Some teachers are able to, uh, to do 100% of their lessons through laptop and through uh Whoa. through google and mm -hmm. uh, those are those are things that you know depending on what skill level you're at you're able to to do something like that and with with our technology uh with our you know education generation and and our uh you know just the the uh, what we have access to, um, really, um, it's 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 for us as teachers, we have to be able to uh, meet their needs at that yes. level, and so and and even having a balance because um, we want them to be able to use technology and integrate it, um, mm -hmm. depending on what job they have. Because some jobs use a lot of technology, right. and some jobs don't, and mm -hmm. so we've got to be able to teach them that that you've got to be good at both. You've got to be in an environment where there's no technology or mm -hmm. very little, yes. and still give your best and still work and then be able to incorporate technology if it's there, which a lot of times it is, and being able to, how do we function in both? Yes. So that if I go to a job and there's no technology, how can I adjust to this? Um, mm. Or how can I maybe bring the ideas into right. corporations? So. Spot on. And it's uh, such a pertinent life lesson. And I think about what I do as a speaker, right? So there are environments where you can use all the technology, you can use, you know, a PowerPoint, right. you can, um, you know, have handouts and all. You could, and there's so many things you could do. I mean, I've done presentations where I've had people texting in their answers and then like yes. the graphs are showing up Absolutely. on the, on the, um, on the PowerPoint presentation. But and it's powerful to be able to use that and to flex right. uh, for the new generation coming up. But then I've also been a, been like a guest speaker in the prison setting where it's like, mm. okay, no laptop, no phone, no electronic, nothing. Right. Now, if I'm, a, I'm an effective communicator and a speaker, I need to be able 
to connect with the newer generation with yes. the technology when it's available to me. Right. But then if I'm only if I'm dependent on it and I cannot operate without it, when I go into this different setting, mm -hmm. this prison setting, then it wouldn't even be helpful to um, communicate and connect with them. Right. Because for them, it's more about um, storytelling and sharing life sharing mm -hmm. and vulnerability right. and speaking with conviction. And they, mm -hmm. they have a lot of respect for that. Um, but you're spot on with finding innovative ways to create, um, mm -hmm. to use the technology right. when it's available, but also um, to have the confidence and the competence right. to be able to work without it as well. Exactly. exactly. Um, so similar question, maybe, maybe a little bit different. Um, what challenges do teachers face today that they didn't face 10 to 15 years ago? Right. I, that's that's a great question, too, because I'm looking at maybe within the last 10 or 15 years, and I really think that cell phones has been, at least in my opinion, one of the biggest challenges because it, it happened so fast. We went from not having cell phones mm -hmm. to like everybody has a cell phone yes. today and we're using it for everything. Uh, I love my cell phone. Um, I know when the iPhone first came out, you know, we, I quickly got it. My wife got it. We're trying to tell other people to get the iPhone. Mm -hmm. We're using it. Mm -hmm. We're showing the students, they're excited. And all of a sudden we're going from iPhones to, to galaxy phones, yes. to all these companies. And it's just a part of our culture now. I mean, mm -hmm. having a cell phone, um, is really a part of who we are just as people. And I think mm -hmm. that that's what makes it challenging is that, um, Sometimes as maybe in the youth, they're so good at it. Uh, and sometimes it's hard for sometimes our youth to maybe put it away and knowing when to use it and knowing when not to use it. And mm -hmm. I think that that's, that's tough. I know, uh, coming back from, you know, I was teaching and I was a district specialist mm -hmm. and in coming back, one of the challenges that I faced is I didn't realize within those two years, how many students were using their cell phones. And so oh, wow. we get up ready to teach and we give out the directions and then, okay, y'all get started. And then all of a sudden I have a couple of students will say, sir, you know, what did you say? I missed it. Cause I was on my phone. Mm -hmm. And so I quickly learned that, that, that the cell phone needed to, to be tamed, I guess. I don't know for lack of right, better words. Right. And, uh, and so there's a video that I show my students because I want them to, sh to know that having a cell phone is awesome. We, we use it in our society, mm -hmm. uh, but there's definitely some costs as well. And there's a video of a young teenage girl and she, um, she uh, telling her story how she got into a really fatal car wreck. Mm. Uh, she had a scar down one part of her face. Um, she had to have multiple surgeries. Mm -hmm. um, and she, she's saying that, hey, you know, I couldn't, couldn't uh, live without my, my cell phone. I was taking pictures, posting them on social media. Mm -hmm. uh, it was, she just said it was a part of her life. Sure. And um, so she got into a car accident because she was responding to a text message. Um, and then later on, we find out that that text message was a message that her mom had sent to her mm -hmm. and so she was answering it and that's when she got into oh. this fatal car wreck and wow. so and at the end their message is simply you know don't text and drive mm -hmm. and so i show that to my students to say look you know is there a time that we need to be using our cell phones absolutely sure right but there's also a time that we don't need to be using our cell phones and there's different times in class where we're teaching and there's times when we want to be using it as 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 learners mm -hmm. but there's times we want to be put it away and listen and i tell them i said you know if we don't don't learn to put it away in class at the appropriate times. What's going to stop us from putting it away when we get behind the wheel? Right. And so, um, and I've had many students tell me, sir, I lost my job this weekend. I was like, why did you lose your job? Well, because I, because I was using my cell phone way too much. And my boss told me that, 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 that I couldn't do that and I had to go and find another job. So it's really just teaching the students that, um, that cell phones are awesome. But there's there's a right time to use them, and there's a time that we need to make sure that that we just put them aside mm -hmm. and be able to have this conversation yes. that we're having, uh, even with my own family. You know, at the mm -hmm. dinner table, um, we've gone to restaurants, and you know, we've been guilty of it too. We're waiting for the food, and all five of us are on our phones, right, right. and it's like we just we miss that connection, mm -hmm. right? It's the idea that you know you want to be connected as a family, but the connection is coming through our phone, right. so we can sort of disconnect from the phone and reconnect as a family, mm -hmm. then some of those conversations and those relationships still are there. And the same thing happens in the classroom. Mm -hmm. We want us to be connected to the real world generation of, of, of cell phones and, and, and the great things that those bring. Mm -hmm. But we also want to make sure that we don't lose that connection with the people that we love. Yes. Um, I think what, what resonates to me is, is connection, you know? Yes. So find ways to connect with people, um, 
with people face to face or that's and i know even i hear the next generation like there's even some anxiety when it comes to phone calls like yes. like oh i don't want to make a phone call but is there another way to do it or to task or responsibility or ordering the pizza or whatever it is right. you know they would they, they want to just go straight you know on, online but um being able to have the again I, I, we come back to the flexibility in our connection yes right. that you know how to order the online pizza but you also know how to call for the pizza exactly and you yes. know how to pick up the pizza and be courteous to the person yes. who's handing you the pizza exactly um yes um i think all fantastic points um again uh we'll, we'll have to have you back on the show there's Absolutely. so much great content but uh, before we wrap, wrap up i do want to i do know that you are a an avid shoe collector so i do want to ask you um what shoes have you picked up this past year that, that you were excited? you know this year and and i you know my boys and i we really like looking for shoe deals um you know we try to go to the stores we look online to see what's on sale mm -hmm. uh this past year uh we were able to get some nike air max easy 90s uh just some old school air max nice um, nice some uh we found oh got a pair of kobe kobe 11s the purple ones uh, they fit really good. And so we try to get deals that uh, I think at Marshall's, we went to Marshall's and we uh -oh. found a pair of Kobe's. Your that, size? Uh, my size, yeah. Uh -oh, and cool. uh, they no. just had a great design. And uh, we got them, you know, just for, you know, Mm. Uh, at a really good price and so uh, I think the latest pair is uh, we went to a conference in Dallas and there was a speaker that was wearing these uh, shoes and they were Air Max 270s but mm. they're the Flyknit and they're this atmosphere gray and so uh, uh -oh. so anytime we get some allowance money or yeah uh, or you know just something coming out try to get a deal and then uh -huh. my boys too are, are trying to find great deals on shoes mm -hmm. out there that you may don't have to pay full retail but you can yes. get them at a great price and they still are in style and they still look good so mm -hmm. you know it's fun it, it's right. we, we love doing it and so um i just like shoes and i like you know i don't have you know hundreds and hundreds but <laughs> right, right, i have a, right, right. a small good collection that i really yes. that i really enjoy having so and I, I think you were the first one that told me about the goat app yes and the goat app yes yeah, so, uh -huh. uh, the goat app i think one of my students told me like sir do you have the goat app and i was like what is the goat app and of course in basketball you know the greatest of all all time and uh, we always debate is it jordan is it kobe is it lebron yeah right and right. i grew up you know uh i remember when jordan was on the wheaties boxes and i would put the jordan boxes on my wall with a little nerf football and i you know jordan was just an idol growing up sure, and sure. so um the goat app you know is just a great place to find shoes uh retail under retail and they just do a great job checking the shoe to make sure when they deliver it to you uh yes. that it's what the sellers are telling you uh and so we love it so we we, we love the goat app we love just right. looking at shoes and looking what what's out there i even have dreams literally i tell my <laughs> wife i said i well, if i'm done teaching i said i'm gonna be a shoe designer because i literally have dreams of you know like different shoes that i mm. want to sketch out and yes. even in class we have a, a lesson uh because your, stu um, your students uh, pick up on your passion yes for shoes. yes so, so elsa i like your shoes and 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 an may like their shoes hey where did you get those shoes uh, -huh. uh and so there's a lesson we do on globalization is really about how the sneaker is a global product mm. it's designed in some areas it's manufactured right. uh, and a lot goes into it before it comes to us and they get to design their own shoes and so it, it's one of our favorite lessons so um, yes. just we love shoes and so yes i like it i like it well good well again uh thank you so much for joining the show and if you're tuning in um it's the strong life coach podcast we speak life coach life right life and lead life and if you're listening in you like the content um like it rate it high um share it and subscribe so you can receive more great content just like this